Welcome to the Glory Mountain Church Podcast. For more information on our church and ways to support what God is doing here, visit glorymountain.com. Mark and I are excited to team teach. We are closing out above and beyond our series. And uh, the Lord has certainly been good to this body. He's gone above and beyond this year what we could ever ask or think or imagine. And there's Mm -hmm. been salvations and baptisms and weddings and babies. And you guys are a precious church. Mark and I, we talk about you and how you are the most wonderful church mm-hmm. that we've ever pastored. And it's you true. You really are. And I'm just mm-hmm. so grateful for you. I'm grateful. Look at that team back there. There's almost as many back there working and serving as there are sitting. <laughs> but we're so thankful for all of you. And, you know, I just, I just thank the Lord for the hope that he's poured out during this series. I yes. know my hope has been elevated. And, uh, So we're on the final series. We're going to talk a little bit about bringing hope back into your marriage and becoming stronger together Mm -hmm. as a married couple. No matter how long you've been married, a few weeks, Mark and I are going on 40 years. No matter how long, there's always something better on the other on the next, the next day, the next mm-hmm. week, the next decade, the next year, there's always more that God has for you. And in the journey, he wants mm-hmm. us to become so strong in our relationship. Yeah. And even if you're other. not married, let these principles and truths be indelibly written on your heart so that in the future, you can go back to them and say, yeah, these are some great standards. These are some great principles that I can apply to my coming marriage. So this is for everybody yeah. today, isn't it? And you know, there's such a blessing when the local church gathers corporately. Mm-hmm. So when we gather corporately, there's a special... Thing, right? It's a great thing. If you're watching online as well, or you're watching this on YouTube, know this morning that this can be for you. And God can bring joy into your marriage, not just the one sitting in this congregation, but to you Amen. who are yearning to learn what God has for you. It's for you too. So we're excited, yeah. aren't we? So I just want to, we want to start with reading our uh, theme scripture. And I just want to thank Bob Hassan too. Last week, he brought such mm-hmm. a beautiful message on identity and going yeah. above and beyond in where you are right now in who you think you are and who God thinks you are and just taking it up another level, going higher in your belief system and who you are. So thank you, Bob. Thanks. Please listen to it online. 
and uh, just all those that have spoken in, into this series. It's been amazing. So mm -hmm. our, our theme scripture, I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation because I love oh, I like what it passion. says. It's so good. For this verse. And then Mark's going to read it out of the Amplified. Okay, so let's read. Uh, Ephesians 3.20, Passion Translation. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. So let's relate this to our marriages. He will achieve infinitely more in your marriage than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and he will exceed your, say, wildest imagination with me. Wildest, wildest imagination. imagination. That's so that. good. And he that. will outdo them all. Yes, he's that good. That's right. He's that good. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. You know what the Amplified Classic Version says on that? Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Everyone say super abundantly. Super abundantly. <laughs> Far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Now apply that to your marriage. Apply that to your relationship. <laughs> and I think, honey, wow. too... You know, I know for Mark and I being going on 40 years next year, for us, one of the things that in all of our differences, because we're so different, mm -hmm. but in all of our differences, <laughs> we, we said from day one, we will never accept failure. We will never accept a thought of failure for our marriage. And when you apply the scripture to your relationship right now, wherever it is, it may be on the rocks. It may be doing pretty good, but when you apply this scripture and you really believe it as God's word, there is no failure in any part of your life, any part of your life, including your marriage. And we're so different. I mean, you go into a guy's gathering and, you know, the guys are maybe sitting around the table and they're all being... Well, guys. they're all just talking, but it seems like the guys, <laughs> they're just talking one by one and... You know, one guy will stop talking and then another guy will start, start talking and they're sharing that way, so orderly and so polite. Then you go to a women's gathering and you see these women sitting around a table and they're all talking at the same time and they're all, you know, <laughs> I'm talking to this person next to me, but I can still hear all the conversations of all the women going on and we all kind of know what everybody's saying at the table. <laughs> We're all so different. God has made each of each one of us so unique. And as men and women, he uses those unique, unique areas in us mm -hmm. to strengthen one another and make us far better than we could ever be by ourselves. It's God who said, it's not good to be alone. Mm -hmm. Marriage was the first relationship he ever created and it wasn't until there was a marriage that the enemy came on the scene because it's such a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We today. are going to talk about that. And it's good. And the greatest institution, the greatest institution on this planet is marriage. God has so much for husbands and wives. 
The Bible says two are better than one. And there's this cohesiveness that comes into your life when you're married. You know, the newly married couple here and those of you that have been married a year or two or 40, whatever the case is, there is a power that works in you to make your marriage become stronger, mightier, and more powerful every single day. And I love what Ephesians 3.20 says, that power works in me and it works in you to build strong marriages. And that's what we want to encourage you in this morning. We want to see your marriage become the strongest it can ever become. We want it to become the greatest it's ever been. I have the power within me to build a strong marriage because of Ephesians chapter three, verse number 20. I have the power in me to strengthen my marriage partner because of Ephesians 3.20. I have the power in me to have an awesome, magnificent, outstanding marriage and to unconditionally love my sweetheart because of the power that works in me. And we all know it is the power of God. It's the power of his spirit. It's the power of his love. Deborah said it, we're so different in so many ways. And over the years, we have learned how to work those differences out and to work with those differences. All our differences come in our lives to make us stronger. It is my responsibility to love Deborah to the fullest and empower her to become the best version of herself. That's what I'm called to do as a husband. I believe I've done that. I hope I continue to do that and I will do that for the rest of my life. And so let's start with some thoughts for men this morning. All right. Let's look at some needs that men have. And let's look at some needs that wives have. And let's talk about that. The needs of women are very great, men. And God has put you in charge to help meet those needs. Do you know what the three greatest needs in a woman are that men are supposed to help meet? Number one is protection and security. It's super important. I want to be a protector for Deborah. I want her to feel secure, not only physically, but spiritually, mentally, socially, economically, in every way. I want her to have the security. And when I realize that, I realize that I need the help of the Lord because that's my honor to be able to provide her that security. Number two, she needs good communication. And see, good communication leads to great connection. I'm called as a husband to communicate in such a way that she understands me as she listens to me, that I'm not all over the place, but I'm clear, I'm direct, and that I'm not general in my discussions with her. And so it's my job not to go off on tangents when we're talking about some kind of situation, 
but to provide for her communication that will help her understand the situation, help her understand me, and help her understand what God wants in our relationship. This is super important. The most important thing that we can go after men is connection with our wife in every situation. Do I hear a yes on that? That is super important. The third thing that she needs from me is leadership. I have to provide for Deborah good, solid leadership, strong and godly direction. It's important that I realize this. Now, my name, Mark, means mighty warrior. So I'm your mighty warrior. I will fight for you. I will provide good leadership for you. I will take the Joshua fear not position and say, I'm here. And I hope I've done that all my life with you. I want to provide the best leadership possible for Deborah. And you know what? There's times that I have felt like I haven't provided that. I've got to be honest with you. There's times that I have felt like I have failed her. There's decisions that I've made. There's situations that I've encountered where I feel like, man, I've dropped the ball on leadership. That is such a horrible feeling. But you know, God restores, God redeems, and God gives grace, right? He gives amazing grace. And so Deborah needs good leadership from me. She really does. And I want to provide that for you, and God will help you do that. So those are three super important needs that a woman has that God has called me as a husband to provide. Mm, thanks, babe. That's good. Um, you know, when you look at a man, his greatest need, and men, you can go for, you can verify this, is that honor and respect that he needs. And even though men and women are completely equal in marriage, God has made each one of us, the person, the primary person that's going to meet the needs of mm -hmm. the other. So God's made my husband to meet the primary needs I have in our relationship. He's created me to meet those, and that's just the way God designed it. And so there are common needs. And so if we learn what those are, we can begin to go above and beyond. That's right with the power that works within us to see that every need in our husband and our wives are met to the best of our ability and the power that's working within us. And the number one need is that honor and respect for men. And men cannot meet that need on their own. They've got to have someone that meets that need for them. Uh, the second one is companionship. And the third one, you guessed it, is sex. I wish we had time to go over every single one of these. You know, that's calls for a, a seminar or something. But I want to hone in just for a few minutes today on the honor and the respect. And men, you are going to love me for this because I'm going to read where the Bible says that women are to do this. This is something God asks you women, wives, to do. And I know you guys are doing it, but we can go above and beyond. God can give us creativity 
to meet the needs of our, so that each one of us, we're growing, we're fulfilled, we're flourishing, we're in a thriving environment with one another. Mm -hmm. We learn how to solve our problems quickly and we move on. And you know, when you get that taken care of with your, with your relationship with one another, you can begin to really look outward to the calling, the high mm -hmm. calling that God has put on your lives as a man and, man and a woman. We each have our separate callings, but there's a calling that God gives us as a unit. And he can't use us in that unit unless we really have things squared away and we're meeting our needs and we know what we're to do with and for one another. Mm -hmm. And so how many of you know it's a lifelong process? It never stops. <laughs> I've learned so much this year in ways that I can help minister better to my husband and help him. I want him to be, a, he is a great man, but I, I want him to fulfill every assignment God has put on his life. He wants that for me. And so when we see that we're a team working to that end and we're one another's greatest support and it's not just something we're talking about or thinking, we're demonstrating it mm -hmm. day after day after day through the thick, through the thin, through the storms, through the calm, we're demonstrating it. And this is a high calling. It's the highest yeah. calling we have on earth is to each other. To our husbands and wives. We don't get our husbands and That's wives right. calling, right? How are we going to be effective in our businesses? How are we going to be effective in our communities? In our, how are we going to be that beautiful demonstration of the marriage of Christ in his church? And so God is giving us so much. We live in such an information age. There's no reason why you should have a bad marriage and remain there for the rest of your life. There is right. so much out there that God has released. His kingdom is filled with teachers. His word is filled with precepts and principles that we never have to get stuck. You get stuck because you want to stay stuck. And there's no hope yeah. in your heart. There's no excuse today for any married couple to say, I can't make it, really. Unless there are some deep needs and challenges that are just unacceptable and, you know, you've drawn the line. We believe like anything can be worked out. Anything can be worked out. Never God accept. God can help you through any situation. Yeah. We never accept failure. Even when you feel like it's failing, don't ever accept failure over your relationship. Don't ever accept mm -hmm. it. When you feel it coming in, send it back to hell. Yes. When you feel it, it coming from. in, send it back. The minute yep. I get a negative thought about Mark. You get negative thoughts about me? I send it back to hell. Hallelujah. I don't send him to hell. <laughs> Thank goodness. You got to be so proactive. That's <laughs> so true. You got to be so offensive with your marriage. Yeah. On offense, you've got to have that mm -hmm. spirit within you. And yeah. I'm praying today it's going to be stirred up, so yeah. stirred up. It's like you this guys bulldog go. feeling like I'm going after this and I'm <laughs> not going to let anything take this away. You know, you get a dog and a bone together, you try pulling that bone from that dog. It's like he's going to work hard to make sure you don't get that, right? 
you got to have that bulldog faith, that position in your spirit. Like nothing's taking us down. Man, sometimes it's so hard. But go long haul. Yeah. See the future. See the glory at Mm -hmm. the end of your life. See your legacy. See what's written on your tombstone. See what God's going to say to you when you enter in. You didn't give up. Good job. Okay, I want to go to honor. Can we do that? We're going to be, we need to stay so on target. But is it okay if we just, the Holy Spirit comes and says something and we just, maybe we'll just continue this in the new year or something. But um, I just want to read a little bit about honor. And then um, you guys are going to love me. You're going to love the amplified version of Ephesians 5, 33. Mm -hmm. It says, however, let each man of you without exception, this is amplified, let him love his wife as being in a sense his very own self. And let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. That has to be the amplified version, right? (laughs) Don't you guys love that? I love that. Isn't that good? That's the Greek definition of honor and respect. And I know this, that a man will gravitate to where he's honored and respected. And so wives, you want to be that place of gravitation. It could Mm -hmm. be his job where he feels that most. It could be another woman where he's getting that more, but you don't want that. You want to be the one to show that honor and that respect to your man. So good. And you do it with joy. With joy. With joy. So um, I've got ways. I've got 99 ways to honor your husband. Wait, how many? 99. But we're not going to get to those. 99 ways to honor your but husband. But maybe I'll share a couple. But why don't you share some of, some of what you've got? Well, yeah, I want to also be able to meet the needs of our wife. I mean, we gave the three most important things that a wife needs. But so then we ask ourselves, like, how do we do that? It is such a challenge to continue staying fresh and renewed and creative in these ways. And I want to give you just maybe a few points, men, on how you can meet the needs of your wife that we just went over those three needs. Number one, you know, show her appreciation. I would call these keys to meeting the needs of your wife. Keys to meeting the needs on how to empower her to become the best version of herself. So the first one would be appreciation. Look for those things, large or small, that you can appreciate your wife in. You know, when you do that, it's going to bring smile to her face. It's going to be laughter to her soul. And it's going to put a dance in her step. It's going to bring joy to her entire being. There's just something about when you pull something out, of appreciation of what she's done. When you praise her, it elevates her to a whole new place. I try and do this every single day with Deborah. I don't always 
meet that, but I try every single day to pull out something that I can appreciate her with. You know what the Bible says in Philippians 1, 3, and 4? It's the Passion Translation. It says, my prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give him thanks for you with great joy. And then he says, I'm so grateful for our union. And I want to be the one that Deborah hears me say, I'm so grateful for our union. I'm so blessed. I want to flood her with appreciation. The next thing I can do, secondly, show her romance. I really like this one. I like to romance Deborah. I'm Italian, you know, you got to romance your wife, you know? You know, I'm not even saying, you know? Romance your wife. How do we romance our wife? What are some fresh ways? Well, obviously, go on a date with her once a week. Deborah and I, for 40 years, have tried to practice going on dates once a week. Even when we had children, we had four children in the house. We called a babysitter in, or our older daughter watched the younger kids. We made it a point to go on a date once a week. You do that one thing, it's going to warm her heart. It's going to cause her to melt in your embrace. And so you ask yourself, like, what kind of dates, you know? It just, those dates create connection. I love how Song of Solomon says in verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 6, how beautiful and pleasant you are, O loved one with all your delights. I want to take her away because I delight in her. Song of Solomon 6, verse number 3, I am my beloved's and she is mine. He grazes among the lilies. In other words, he goes to the pastures and he just sees the beauty. And that's what I want to do in Deborah. I want to see the beauty. And so I want to take her, I want to romance her. So how do I romance her? I take her out, you know, on a casual night. I go to our favorite fast food restaurant, maybe. Or I take her, you know, to the favorite coffee house. I save up and go to a nice romantic restaurant as my budget allows. And if it doesn't allow it, I'll save it up. And take her out to a really nice, you know, $150 dinner if I can. Amen. Amen. Well, <laughs> I could just hear it tomorrow, honey, about that $150 date. It's so true, though. <laughs> Women, um, we do like to be romanced. Yeah. And you know what we did for our date this week? And I so want fun. you guys to do this, too. Okay, so <laughs> we wrote down, each of us, Without each other seeing, we wrote down three ways that um, we feel romance or we feel romantic. Three ways that we feel a romantic feeling. And it didn't have to do with sexual intimacy. It was just that feeling when you feel so, so loved and, you know, just the fireworks <laughs> are going. I mean, you just feel that place. Yeah. Like when you were first dating, right? I like to try and... Repeat that feeling. Mm -hmm. We like to feel that feeling. And it's, it's there. It's for us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just put it on a shelf and we don't think it's, it's there. But it's very important to know how each other feels or where they, what, what is in the formula or the <laughs> scenario of feeling romance. And so yeah. I wrote mine down. Mark wrote his down. You know, one of mine had to do with you know, eating outside, beautiful 
view, good food. I mean, that is just so special when I'm with yeah. Mark and that's what's happening. And we can just talk and it's just a romantic time for me. Mm -hmm. He wrote down his, you know, watching NFL football. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> that's not romantic. But he wrote down what was romantic yeah. for him. And then we're going to do what's on each other's lists for like our next dates. Let that be a good, ex mm -hmm. good assignment for you to bring yeah. your romance back in. Yeah. And enjoy those moments. I mean, soak it for all it's worth. Mm -hmm. Just enjoy your time. That romantic moment. Yeah. Forget about work. Forget about the kids. Look into each other's eyes and enjoy yourselves. Enjoy one another. So romance is super important mm -hmm. for both of us. For women, it's very special when we're romanced. Mm -hmm. I just want to share one practical way that we can honor our men, our husbands, And we also had an Instagram question that came in. We put some questions out there, so we want to answer that as well. Maybe we can do it through this. Um, I'm going to try and hit two. Just honoring your husband. Number one, allow him to make mistakes. This is especially for the newlyweds. Allow your husband to make mistakes without you feeling you have to correct, control, or tell him what to do. That's a really, really good thing to learn. So many times as women, we might get fearful or triggers of fear, and we want to control and take things into our hands. But we need to allow our husbands to be imperfect. We need to realize that God works great things in our husbands when they go through things that seem as failures, when they go through the hardest times of their life, and that we would be their main support we would be their main prayer warrior. We would be their encourager during that time. We wouldn't be the guilting one, the condemning one, the I told you so one. But we freely mm -hmm. let our husbands make, make the mistakes that they'll make. Now, if they're going to ask us for advice, if they're going to ask us for wisdom or what we're sensing in the spirit, yeah, we're going to share that with them. Maybe it'll help them from going off a cliff. <laughs> but we want to always yeah. let our husbands follow their path with the Lord without us being that person with the whip behind them saying, you know, go this way and controlling. Don't control each other. And I think when we make a mistake, we feel bad enough. You know, we don't need any more reassurance of how bad we feel. And so, you know, it's like the Holy Spirit just starts working in your heart and starts churning your life and shows you how you can recover from that mistake and move forward so that you don't ever do that again. And so what she's saying is really true. And I don't ever remember a time where Deborah condemned me for a mistake I've made in our marriage. But in those mistakes, I do remember her saying, you know, God's going to help us through this. You made a wrong decision. God's going to help us through this. And we're going to be okay. She was my encourager. She was my comrade. She was saying, yeah, you know what? Just recover and let's move on. That feels good. 
that keeps connection yeah. where the enemy would want to bring disconnection. Yeah, and I think right. we learned that through our lives. You know, I remember the first two years we were married, <laughs> and Mark was so excited because I love books, and I just didn't have any place for my books. And so he was all excited. He came home one night. Honey, I got you a bookshelf. Like a nice one. A really nice one. And you could put all your books in it. And, you know, I was like, I knew his heart was to bless me, but I got so upset <laughs> because well, I didn't get to look at it or pick it out. But also because credit. you put it on credit. That was a mistake. And we, we didn't want to do that. We never wanted to put, and he put it on credit. Oh, my goodness. Don't ever do that, you guys. And I was so upset, you know. And so you just learn. I mean, he learned through that mistake. It took a long time to pay that off. I did. We don't have any bookshelves in our house today, so it's... <laughs> no, just kidding. No, but you just learn through each other's failures and imperfections. You just learn how to give grace. Yeah. You learn how yeah. to see the redemptiveness of it after yeah. it's over. You don't camp out on that situation. That's right. You see that there's salvation and restoration on the other side. You know, and it was so yeah. simple. But there was a bigger, this was, this was actually a question we got on Instagram for this service. And um, I think we'll close maybe or get ready to close with this. Yeah, it was a question on, like, what is the biggest mistake that you've made in your marriage that you can remember and what did you do and how did you recover from that? Um, we said, which one? <laughs> you know, but yeah. I think the biggest mistake we made was when we were in such a transition in our life and we weren't really able to clearly see which way we were to, we were to go, but we were leaving um, the Assemblies of God denomination. We left them with honor and they honored us. But as we were leaving, we were trying to feel out our way. Mm -hmm. And um, so long story short, we ended up moving up to Oregon. We were up there. We had four children and one almost engaged daughter. And we got up there and we realized it wasn't the right thing. Wrong place. Wrong place. Wrong time. Wrong time. After leaving and picking up all of our roots here in San Diego. Because I really felt, well, I felt it was the Lord. But how many of you know you can feel things may be the Lord, but you may be really out of timing, or it just might be a good feeling, or he might be showing you something to pray for, you know, and not remove yourself from that's what happened. Yeah. So long story short, yeah. it was really hard, hard on our family. We went up there, Super hard. came back, had to find a minimum wage job just to keep the food coming in and just used all of our resources that we, that we had even saved up mm. and came back and started to try to restart. But it was like we'd gone through emotional ups and downs mm. that it was, it was just a super hard time for our family. Um, and so that was, we realized what we were missing, why we made that mistake. And you guys can learn from this. When you're making a huge transition in your life, you let elders, godly people, mentors, mm -hmm. good friends speak into your decision. Yeah. You don't make it on your own. That was the mistake. 
big mistake that we made. We didn't have any counseling at that point. We just kind of did it on our own. We yeah. were transitioning and we thought this might be a great idea. No one spoke into our lives. We had no one around us that we could depend on. We had no mentors at that moment to move us into a direction or at least affirm or not confirm what we were supposed to do. It's really important, men, that you have people around you that can speak into your life. I didn't have that at that time. And I made the decision all on my own. And Deborah, she was so wonderful. She went along with it. But then, you know, as we like moved our entire household and made that big change, when we got up there, it was not the place for us to be. We were back in nine months. And it was gnarly on our household. I didn't know what to do. We came back, rented a house sight unseen, didn't have a job. We had used all of our finances. But God. But God. It's so faithful, and he doesn't hit us over the head. He's got so much grace mm -hmm. and love. When we make the worst mistakes, yeah. he has such grace for us and picks yes. us up and, and always teaches us something wonderful <laughs> through those times and pulls out the gold in it. And, you know, when we're going through those times with one another or our husbands make a bad mistake or the wife, give grace and mm -hmm. look in the future for the gold that came out of it. Yeah. There will always be nuggets. God is so faithful. He never wastes a trial. He never wastes a disappointment. He never wastes right. your bad decisions. He always turns them around. He's such a good father. He's such a great counselor. And he always, for you going through anything today, you online going through anything, it's never too late. Don't ever accept mm -hmm. the lies, the failure. Pick yourself up and lift your head up because God will not waste the moment you're in. He'll turn mm -hmm. it around. One day you'll look back and you'll see the jewels that he poured out mm -hmm. and the wisdom he gave, gave you yeah. when you went through that. So when you're going through hell, keep going. That's right. Don't stop. <laughs> and look when you're through there, look at the jewels that he mm -hmm. gave you. Look at the wisdom and the yeah. nuggets. I think it all boils down to how can I best honor you in everything I do? Yeah. I mean, you said it at the beginning and it's been in our hearts. And how can you honor me in every situation that I encounter? Honor is the key. Listen to me. Honor is the key to any successful marriage. It will help yeah. you. It will strengthen you. And when honor prevails in a marriage, beauty rises and love increases. Amen. You will see great things come from honoring each other. This is the power that works in us. This is the thing that will cause you to go above and beyond where you are today. These are principles that will keep you connected we got through not even half of what we wanted to say this morning. But I believe what we said is significant. I have the power as a man to empower Deborah mm -hmm. to become the best version of herself. And I have the power as a woman. We're equal in Christ. Mm -hmm. We have the power to empower each other. Yes. 
that is our gift. That's, our, that's the design that's right. for marriage. That all of our lives, we would empower mm-hmm. each other. Speak life over each other. Yeah. Think and speak the very best, even though yeah. it may not look the very best. Mm-hmm. And to keep hope alive. Yeah. Because down the line, you'll be so grateful you didn't give up. Mm-hmm. There's so much that God pours out to those that are faithful mm-hmm. to their covenant yeah. and are faithful to the calling that God puts on our lives as married couples. It really is a mindset shift, isn't it? It's yeah. like we have to have this mindset that we're going this route Amen. and nothing's going to stop and no us. no failure this is, is what in we've our done. People ask us all the time, like, how did you do it? What is the success? We get it all the time in restaurants. Like, you guys look so happy. Like, what's the success of your marriage? Mm-hmm. And it all boils down to we love and we honor and we cherish each other to the maximum. Has that been a journey? Yeah. Absolutely. And has it been a choice? Yes. yes. It is a choice. And so these are just some things of many that we could share with you. And maybe we'll pick this up another time. But we just want to let you know your marriage can be strong, it can be mighty, it can be prosperous. It can be full of faith, it can be full of honor, and it can be full of joy. If you hear anything from us this morning, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. Wherever you are today, keep going forward. Don't look back. Yesterday is gone. You'll never live yesterday again. Never. Whatever happened, it's never there. You can't Step back into it. Don't. In your thoughts, in your heart, in your mind. Move forward from where you are today. And as long as you're together for life, make it the best life possible. Make it the best. Invest in each other. Go to higher places every year. Expect and believe this is God's plan for you. expect it. Do you believe it? You must believe it to see it. You must not be stuck. And as you believe it, you're going to find every year, every anniversary, honey, Mm -hmm. we're really stronger together. Mm -hmm. God's really using us. Yes, He's really using us Uh as we serve him. We're really stronger. Look at what he's done. May your marriage, Mm -hmm. your marriages, be the brightest shining testimony that anyone will ever witness from your lives. May it be said of you, look how they love one another. May it be said of you, look at how she honors him and respects him. May that be your legacy. For marriage is the most important relationship that you'll ever have. Yeah. So... You're stronger together. Two is better than one. If you're not married, you look for that one that you can have a life with. And if you're married, get stronger day by day. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for these ones this morning. Our hearts cry out within us, Lord, 
that you would cause them to be so strong and so mighty and so powerful continually. Let nothing ever come in their way. When times get tough, oh God, show them the power that's within them to make it. I declare over every marriage this morning that you would strengthen it. You would bring them closer together. Lord, you would use the husbands to meet the needs of the wives and you would use the wives to meet the needs of the husband. And together, they will flourish like the palm. We dedicate our marriages to you once again. And we thank you for this time this morning. And we ask this week, Lord, it'd be a week of fresh romance. I bless these marriages with laughter and joy. Joy is predominantly your kingdom. I pray for belly laughs this week. Together, laughter that brings healing, joy, and connection. Mm -hmm. I bless each one with grace to go through the arguments, the hard times, the hard discussions this week. And I thank you, Father, that you are our role model. And really, it's all about just becoming like you. Yeah. So we look to you, Jesus. And we thank you for the grace and the empowerment to walk this out all the days of our lives. It's this we pray in your precious name, Jesus. And may your blood cover each of us this week as we go. Thanking you and praising you for it, Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen. Everybody says amen. And amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a vital part of what God is doing in His people. We hope that this message impacted you and that you were blessed. We would love to connect with you about this message and what God is doing in your heart. You can email us at info at glorymountain.com or visit our website, glorymountain.com. You can also give online to support what God is doing at Glory Mountain. Have a blessed week.